worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shipra and Pua. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this? He he demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women are not are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly, we cannot get there in time. So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. Then Exodus chapter 2. About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby, and the little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took the baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Verses 1 through 10, Exodus chapter 2. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the grace, the counsel, the strength of your word. Lord, thank you for the insight and the wisdom and the grace and the power that's found in just the brief passages we read this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that you're the God who is sovereign over all people, all nations, all leaders, and all individual lives and the unique challenges and storms that we all go through. But Father, we thank you, Lord, for the fact that you use people who make themselves to be available vessels 
What a privilege it is for us to be available vessels through which you can reach to accomplish your work and your will. Stir us, Lord, to live available lives where we're fully, every day of our lives, seeking to simply say to you, Lord, here I am, Lord, I'm available. Send me this day on many miracle missions. Thank you for that opportunity. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Our producer is Isaac Jackson. Isaac is going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Hey, love, thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for this broadcast. Thank you so much for your son. Uh, Father, uh, thank you for being the God of life. Um, you're such a good God and you love us so well. And uh, you're, you're such a wonderful and f- strong and firm foundation for us to build our lives on. Father, I ask that you would grow us in maturity and in boldness to, to live more after you, to read scriptures and to see more about what you ask us to do. And uh, Father, I ask for any listeners, if they don't know you, that uh, their hearts and minds and ears would be open to be curious about who you really are and that they could get to know you well. In your holy name, amen. 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 Thank you, Isaac. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We continue to remind you. And uh, we do get good response from individuals who ask for sometimes the articles and different resource items that we share on the broadcast. We're glad to share them with you. Our hope is that you'll take them, use them in your own personal walk with the Lord. Also as tools for discipling your family, but also as tools to forward on to family members, fellow church members, co-workers, saved and unsaved individuals as well. Because again, you know, it's not hard to do lots of evangelism and discipleship by way of email. And it's a wonderful tool to use amongst other methods and ways of doing the work of building God's kingdom. And again, if you're not reading your Bible every day, Today is a great day to start the habit of reading at least three chapters in your Bible every day. Remember, when you read the Word of God, it's one-on-one time with the Lord Jesus, the Lord of the universe. And He'll spend as much time with you and I as we'll spend with Him. And remember, you're never the same person on the other side of having spent time with the Creator of the universe. And again, God will spend as much time with you as you'll spend with Him. Make time to get into His Word every day. And if three chapters is not enough for you, wonderful. You can't get too much grace. And the Bible is literally a bottle of grace. And it's as if every day God's question is, how much do you want? Getting into the Word every day is so, so important. If you don't have that habit already, today is a good day to start doing your three chapters a day in your own life. We are very honored and blessed to have for the first time on our broadcast uh, Sister Peggy Hartshorn. She is she was the president of Heartbeat for at least 23 years, and she's presently the chairman of the board as well. Sister Peggy, how are you today? I'm I'm so good. It's wonderful to be with you and hear your voice, and I loved your beautiful reflection at the beginning from Exodus 2. It remind us of... Uh, when you're available, how God will use you. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. And uh, I'm going to ask, uh, Sister Peggy, would you take a few minutes to further introduce yourself? And we've had the privilege of having persons from Heartbeat On before. However, uh, we would invite you, please do take the time as well to introduce Heartbeat, because many people would know who Heartbeat International is, but then there are those whom this might be the first time they've ever heard of such organization. So if you'd uh, just further introduce yourself and then tell us about Heartbeat. 
Well, thank you. Well, I uh, I am a person who was available <laughs> back on January 22nd, 1973, when the Supreme Court decision was handed down that made abortion or said that abortion was a right in our U.S. Constitution. So I heard that announcement on the radio, and it, it, God really convicted me at that point. Um, sometimes I've said it was like when St. Paul got thrown off of his horse. <laughs> it was such mm-hmm. a defining moment for me that I felt the Lord saying, you can help, you can do something about this. Uh, I'm calling on you. And so I had grown up to, as a pro-life person. Of course, I grew up actually in the 50s and early 60s when when our, our cultural values were quite different than they are today. And so I grew up in a pro-life family. Everyone I, I knew, I thought, I knew uh, was, was pro-life. And so it was just a natural thing. Uh, I thought, how could this be happening in our country? How could how could somebody say that we have a right to an abortion in our Constitution? And I had memorized that uh, wonderful statement in our founding documents that uh, we have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And right to life was first. So that, plus my religious upbringing, my faith, I, I I had been in, in a family and culture where every life was welcomed. We loved it when one of our friends' moms was pregnant and, and when we had another baby in our family. So so God called me at that point, and I've been involved in trying to promote the right to life and trying to help people who are are faced with difficult pregnancies and have been taught and think that abortion is a positive alternative for them. They've been uh, they've been really de- deceived to think that abortion is a choice that they should make, mm-hmm. and sometimes there's even pressure and coercion in that direction. Mm-hmm. So, so God brought me eventually to pregnancy help, the pregnancy help part of the pro life movement, and my husband and I, who had been only recently married when the Supreme Court decision came down. We started housing pregnant girls in our in our home, and mm-hmm. then I began to understand their stories and the pressures and and what they were going through. Mm-hmm. So that led to to a focus on pregnancy help as as my you might say vocation and and calling for for both my husband and myself. So we've been doing that now for uh, over fifty years, and um, so so God has really used that to uh to to help us know him better it's amazing sometimes you think that uh well we're called here to help people yes but the calling itself has brought us so much closer to the lord because we see him moving all over the place <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh we see that it's because of him and his grace and and the power of the holy spirit that people can choose life so that's been our mission and our calling Mm-hmm. And uh, and and so through pregnancy help, uh, I moved from a local pregnancy help ministry in Columbus, Ohio, and from housing girls in our own home to uh, to worldwide mission of Heartbeat International. So Heartbeat is the largest pro life organization in the world with affiliated pregnancy help centers in over ninety countries now, and uh, that's over 3,500 locations in the world where life-affirming pregnancy help is now available. 
because God has been calling people through the years. It was there were very, very few pregnancy centers when when the Supreme Court decision came down on January twenty second, nineteen seventy three. There were there were probably about two hundred locations we knew of where people had been deciding, saying, we need to reach out to these these pregnant women because abortion is becoming legal in the states and they're going to be pressured into having abortions. So some of that help was provided in pro-life doctor's offices. Sometimes people would have a hotline and meet with a woman even in a city park to try to help her. But gradually, uh, the vision grew. And we had we had brick and mortar pregnancy centers. Now we have mobile vans and pregnancy centers, as I know, uh, you know, Pastor Joseph. Um, so God really has been moving over these fifty years to to develop a phenomenal network, which is now part of Heartbeat International, and Heartbeat net, knits that group together through through programs like our Option Line which is uh, a a 1-800 number and a website available all over the world to try to connect women in need with their local pregnancy help ministry. Um, We could talk more about that. I know you've talked a little bit about it on previous programs, but that's one of the ways Heartbeat knits together this wonderful network with the option line that gets women to those centers. We also have uh, an abortion pill reversal network which is about 1,200 doctors and and other medical practitioners who can prescribe um, a a protocol that is basically uh, progesterone to help women who have taken the first abortion pill, if they change their minds and find us, which we hope and pray that they do, we can give them this protocol, which will cause a, a reversal of that first pill in the abortion protocol. So... It's amazing how God has, has, has given us ways through the years with the development of this, of this network. So to Peggy, I'm going to jump in right here, and we're going to pick up on the other side. Uh, our phone sure. guest today is Peggy Hartshorn. She's the uh, chairman of the board of Heartbeat International and former president. We'll be right back. Casting crowns with love moved first. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. 
Our phone guest today is Peggy Hartshorn. She's the chairman of the board of Heartbeat International and a former president of that ministry. And, of course, uh, for the, some of our listeners have probably heard of Heartbeat International. And as Sister Peggy alluded to earlier, it's a ministry that works wonderfully and does great things to help and come alongside pregnancy clinics in the U.S., but also in many other countries as well. So it is an international ministry. So we want to invite every single listener to pray much for the work and the outreach of Heartbeat because it is being used by the Lord so mightily to help and bless many ministries and pray about the possibility of being financial supporters of this great ministry as well. Peggy, as we begin this segment, I'm going to ask, would you take a moment now specifically to pray for listeners to have ears to hear whatever the Lord wants to share with them because a part of what I expect will happen in the hearts of many listeners is that they will be inspired. Some may be led of the Lord to begin a pregnancy ministry in their community, but others may be led to become supporters, uh, prayer warriors for them. But there's so much work to be done in the pro-life camp. So would you pray for our listeners at this time? Yes. Lord, thank you again for this opportunity to, to be heard and for others to listen. Uh, Lord, I just ask you to open the ears of all of those who are connected to this program today or who hear it in the podcast, Lord, and, and help them discern, help them to hear and then discern if you are calling them in some way to be part of this wonderful ministry of pregnancy help someplace around the world in some way. Lord, you know that there are pregnancy centers now in uh, at least 50% of all of the counties in this country. You have lifted up these people, not only in the United States, but in in over 90 countries, and you've given them um, a heart to help pregnant women. Uh, Lord, you're still doing that, and we hope that those listening are, are, are having their ears open to hear if the Lord may be calling them. And, and Lord, help them discern in what way. Is it through prayer, which is so vital, praying for us and those in the Pregnancy Help Ministry every day? Uh, is it through getting involved and again becoming a volunteer because we are dependent, Lord, on, on your people as volunteers in churches and, and Christians uh, everywhere? And Lord, could it be with sharing their resources of time, talent, or treasure in the pregnancy help movement? Uh, Lord, uh, I just ask you to to help people discern if you are calling them. And then, no, Lord, um, we mentioned our option line. That's a way of finding out where the pregnancy help is already in your community. Uh, so, Lord, there there are ways that you will direct people. So we ask you, Lord, to continue to work as you have over these last 50 years, lifting up your people and calling them into this great work. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you Amen. so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Sister Peggy, would you share the, like, if someone uh, would like to write down and get the, the option lines, the abortion pill reversal line, just so that they'll have that which, of course, are great sure. resources to know about. Can you share those? Absolutely. Uh, our option line answers calls from uh, people who need pregnancy help, who think they're pregnant, are considering abortion, have had abortions, and, and need hope. Uh, if they need a place to stay, we've got a maternity home list 
also part of our referrals and option line. And, um, and it answers the calls for abortion pill reversal also. Those who have had the pill, taken the first pill, and actually think, what have I done, Lord? Help me. Is there a way to reverse this? Yes, they are. Yes, there is. And that you can check, you can do it virtually at optionline.org or actually pregnancycenters.org. Either one of those links will take you there. Or our 800 number, which is easy to remember. It's 1-800-712-HELP. Seven days a week, 12 12 months of the year, that's 712-HELP-4357. 1-800-712-HELP. And that is available in English and Spanish 24-7, uh, every day of the year to connect people needing pregnancy help, have help after an abortion or even during an abortion. So it's a phenomenal ministry. Uh, we we handled about over 300,000 contacts last year, connecting people to help. And one of the things that we really believe in Heartbeat is that the best alternative to abortion is another person. Mm-hmm. We want to connect people in help to God's person that he has for them Mm -hmm. within the pregnancy help movement. So thank you for that opportunity. All right. Well, you uh, mentioned, Peggy, that like early on in uh, your your calling from the Lord as far as being involved with the life issue, a part of what you did was you, I think you you and your husband took in uh, expecting women, is that right? One or more, is that right? That's right. We had 12 girls through the years, only one at a time, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, would you share a little bit about that? Because I, I can imagine that could be um, a life-changing experience because all of a sudden you're taking in a young woman who finds herself expecting a baby at a tough time and actually taking them into your home. Uh, I can imagine what a tremendous uh, learning experience that would be. Can you share about that? Absolutely. And that. I believe that was, as you look back in your life, I know many of our listeners would say this too, that you wonder, okay, Lord, why did I have that experience? And then as you look back, you see that was a crucial step in what God was doing with you and calling you into. And, you know, Mike and I started out, my husband Mike and I, in the Right to Life part of the movement. And because, as I said, we were raised so strongly pro-life and and it really, in the early days, people in the movement thought all people need to know is that human life really begins at conception. If they just saw the beauty of of the development of the baby and and God's beautiful plan in that, and um, so so we really thought the main thing we needed to do was educate people about what abortion really was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but bringing these girls into our home helped us understand that once abortion became legal. It's about a lot more than just understanding that this is a baby. It's about everything that a woman struggles with when she is unexpectedly pregnant, and particularly when she doesn't have support, particularly also the support of the father. This is the key, one of the key components in her struggle. And so the pregnant girls that we brought into our home helped us to understand all the conflicting feelings that they had, even if they were very maternal, even if they eventually decided they could never have an abortion. They still struggled tremendously with how could they carry this child to term. And um, so so one of the, the very first girls we had, she was our second girl named Susie, 
Um, and by the way, we're still friends with her and with her son, who's, who's about our son's age. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Susie was a grade school teacher, and uh, when she got pregnant, um, uh, and she was not married, and she really felt that it was a terrible example for the children in her school. Now, this was about 40 years ago, and again, the, the culture was somewhat different. Um, the idea of a second-grade pregnant teacher uh, when she wasn't married, Susie thought, thought that was a terrible example. She took a year's leave of absence after she decided there's no way she could have an abortion, and but she was really struggling with how could she have this baby continue as a teacher, uh, support this child as a single mom. And so every night when she went to bed, uh, she and I were, were struggling over this. And I realized that the only thing I could really do to help Susie was to listen, to listen to her struggles. Sometimes we were both crying every night when she went to sleep. And, and that wasn't the first step that God showed me, uh, Pastor Joseph, that we cannot really solve We can't individually solve these problems. We can't say to a person, you need to do this. Here's a plan for you. Just Mm -hmm. do this. (laughs) Just Mm -hmm. do that. No, the struggles are too intense inside. And the best thing, and sometimes the only thing we can do is listen. Mm -hmm. But as I listened, because I also didn't have any easy solutions for Susan, as I listened, I just had to keep asking her questions. Well, tell me more about how you feel. Tell me more about what you want. Uh, tell me more about your needs. Um, and, and I began to realize, and now this has become what we call the love approach in Heartbeat International. Mm-hmm. We teach this approach to people all over the world. First of all, you have to realize you are helpless in actually solving the problem for this woman in the sense of telling her what to do mm-hmm. uh, or telling her what's right or telling her that abortion is killing her baby. She needs to sort through her feelings, her thoughts, her wants, her values, her beliefs. You need to be there to help her process that. You need to form the relationship with her. And when she trusts you and knows that you really are empathizing with her, you're not just thinking about her baby, you are struggling with her, then she will be open to hearing life-affirming options. She'll be open to a new vision of how she can proceed and and open to help that you can provide and support in continuing her pregnancy. So that was a powerful learning experience that as a pro-life person, we need to engage with people who, uh, we need to walk with them mm-hmm. and we need to be the person. Perhaps we are, perhaps someone listening here is the person that God has in mind to walk with a person with an unexpected pregnancy, to be there for her. Maybe she will never come into a pregnancy center, but Mm -hmm. guess what? We can deputize every person (laughs) Mm -hmm. to be a companion for a person with a a crisis pregnancy. So uh, we call it now the love approach. Uh, Mm -hmm. It has four steps, listen and learn, open options, introduce a new vision and value, and then extend and empower that person to make a positive choice by being their support person or connecting them to help in an actual pregnancy center where Mm -hmm. there is a person already called to do that for them. So the love approach is based, too, on 1 Corinthians 13. Um, St. Paul's sometimes called uh, him to love. Uh, And when when you understand that loving behavior... Uh, He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. 
So talking to a person in a, in a crisis pregnancy uh, where you're focusing on your agenda, not on loving them, comes across as a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Mm. And that's just not what God is calling us to. Mm. Would you name those four mm-hmm. steps again? Yes. Uh, the first one, the first one, well, the, it's the acronym is LOVE, L-O-V-E. Mm-hmm. And the first one is LISTEN. Listen and learn. Mm-hmm. Form a relationship with that person. The second one is open options. Many women and people with crisis pregnancies say, say well, I don't have any other alternative. That I have to do this. It's never the only option. So what are the other options available? A lot of times people are thinking just the either or. I have to do this or the end, it's the end of my life as I know it. That's not true. And we can help them realize other alternatives. Uh, the, the third one is V, vision and value. They need to hear a new vision. God created you in his image. God loves you. He will help you. Uh, this is not the end of your life as you know it. God is a loving and forgiving God. So it's a vision of themselves they need to hear, a vision of God that they need to hear. And sometimes it's as simple as giving them hope and saying, you can be a good mother. I know you can be a good mother. You can do this. That's a new vision for many women. And then the E, the last step, is extend and empower by walking with them, uh, continuing to be their support or connecting them with a pregnancy center or other organization, perhaps a church that can really walk with them during this crisis. And there's so many wonderful stories of, of, of how this really happens in real life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the beauty that's doing, that following through with these four steps, what it creates is a person who then uh, believes that they are loved by you and by the Lord, and that they are truly empowered to make a life affirming choice. Mm. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's mothers who save their babies. It's mothers who save their babies. Pregnancy centers don't save babies. Mm. <laughs> it's the mothers that save them through the through the Lord's work. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we're we're coming up on coming up on a break in just a few moments. So, on the other side of the break, I'm going to ask uh, specifically, uh, Sister Peggy, if you'll pray for women who are listening today who may find themselves in the position of that young lady who you all helped many many years ago and. The reality is, just as you've expressed, there's such a need for us to understand that clearly in, in wonderful ways, yes, the Lord obviously is using pregnancy help centers to help women. But as you alluded to, God can use individuals who just love them and come alongside them to help do some of the same kinds of things. And it starts largely by loving people where they are. So again, on the other side of the break, we'll ask specifically if you'll pray for those persons who may find themselves in that position today. Father, again, we thank you for our sister Peggy. Thank you for the ministry of Heartbeat and the work you're doing in and through them. Anoint Heartbeat with a fresh anointing to be the hands and feet in the world that you would have them to be as a ministry. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our phone guest is Peggy Hartshorn, uh, chairman of the board of Heartbeat International. We'll be right back.
Disa with God Speaking. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Peggy Hartshorn. She's the chairman of the board of the great ministry Heartbeat International and former president. Peggy, as we begin this final segment, would you take time specifically to pray for women who may find themselves expecting at a tough time in their lives who are listening and they're hearing the Spirit of God speak to them through some of the things you've shared. Would you pray for them at this time? Yes. Lord, I just lift up all the women around the world, and especially those listening today who are in the midst of a crisis pregnancy or think they may be pregnant or have an unexpected pregnancy. And even if even if they're in a, a marriage relationship, Lord, may be distressed because uh, they just don't know how they can how they can do it. Somehow, Lord, uh, stress is is overwhelming them at this point. Um, Lord, we just ask you to be with them, to touch them, to give them your peace, which surpasseth all understanding, and and give them a, a sense, Lord, help them know. Uh, that there are people who are here to help them, that they can reach out to people around them, perhaps in their family, perhaps with the 800 number, the 1-800-712-HELP, uh, with optionline.org, Lord, that there are people standing by waiting to serve them, waiting to be your hands and feet. Uh, Lord, we just ask you to uh, touch them and give them hope. There always is an alternative to abortion. There always is a way that you can have the help and support you need to continue a pregnancy and have a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby. So, Lord, give them hope, give them a sense of peace, and and give them help them to see who is it that you have placed, perhaps around me already, someone in my family, a neighbor, someone in my church, my pastor, perhaps. You have someone already tapped, Lord, who can help them. Perhaps it's someone working in a pregnancy center nearby or on the option line hotline. Lord, we just ask you to give your peace and help and hope to everyone today, especially those who need it because of a pregnancy. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Peggy. And Father, I too thank you for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the privilege we have of being a, a, your vessels in the earth through which you accomplish your will. Stir more and more the leadership of the church, pastors and other leaders, and stir the church as a whole more and more to be vessels of your compassion and your mercy, to, to want to reach out and to take the initiative to let women who find themselves expecting it a challenging time, let them know that they're loved and that the church wants to help them, wants to walk with them, wants to come alongside them during this time and be their spiritual family to help them in whatever ways they can help them to both to bring this baby into the world and to be the parent or even possibly adoptive parent that you'd have them to be and help us to know, Lord, that we, the church, are so much we can do. Help us to simply be willing to do whatever you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 And Amen. Peggy, I wanted to ask you if you would share uh, uh, during this final segment. Um, Ohio has a very important vote coming up in just a few days, and there's such a need for the church to understand what the issues are, to clearly understand what the church is being called to do, because sadly, too many times when these kinds of votes come up, there's a lot of confusion and sadly, the other side tries to deceive people and to get them to not even understand what they're doing. Would you share about what the vote is about? Absolutely, yes. Um, and this is called Issue 1 in the state of Ohio. It's, a, it's an attempt to amend the state constitution to put in a right to abortion, an unencumbered right to abortion into the state constitution of Ohio. And I mentioned earlier with Roe v. Wade, with the overturn, we had a wonderful victory after 50 years of, of a, a court saying that there was a right to abortion in the U.S. Constitution. We had that overturned. The justices said, absolutely, there is no right to abortion in the Constitution. And before that Roe v. Wade decision, states had various laws on abortion. Almost all the states protected human life, and, and abortion was illegal. Uh, but there were a few states that were moving in the direction of, of liberalizing those laws. So now, because uh, the U.S. constitutional right has been uh, basically denied by the Supreme Court now, um, the, the, those who are proponents of abortion are, are trying to get this right now into every state constitution. And if they succeed, they've already succeeded in Michigan, Ohio's the next state, there are 12 additional states that make it really, really easy to amend their constitutions by only 50% of the popular vote. So only 50%, 50% plus one person who votes in the election coming up on November 7th. If 50% plus one say that abortion should be an unencumbered right in the Ohio Constitution, it will be. And this is coming to other states. So really, we need your prayers that, that people will understand what this issue is and come out and vote no. And let me just tell you how misleading this language is. Uh, it, it doesn't sound so bad. It says every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions, including but not limited to. And then they say things like, continuing one's own pregnancy, miscarriage care, fertility treatment, contraception, and the last thing they put is abortion. Well, guess what? 
There is no encumbrance whatsoever in Ohio and in most other states about getting care for miscarriage or getting care for continuing your pregnancy or getting care for fertility treatment or getting contraception. It's only abortion that, mm-hmm. that we have some restrictions on. So they're making it appear that if you don't vote for this amendment to our Constitution, you're not going to be able to get care for miscarriage or you're not going to be able to get care for continuing your pregnancy. It's such a lie. You mentioned, uh, Pastor Joseph, how these lies are being promulgated and ads are going on our televisions here and in, in our media with, with, uh, with women proclaiming and doctors proclaiming that if we don't pass this amendment, again, women, women will die from ectopic pregnancy or women will die in a miscarriage. This is not true whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're really confusing matters, and it's being promoted, not just by abortionists, but also by organizations that are, that are in favor of gender transition. One of the effects of this amendment, we've got all kinds of legal opinions that, that, that uh, confirm this. One of the effects of this language in our Ohio Constitution would mean that uh, all of our laws now restricting abortion, like parental consent, would be declared unconstitutional. So, so not only are they trying to promote abortion, they're trying to promote abortion without parental consent or any any uh, interference. They call it interference in the in the amendment uh, with this unlimited right to have an abortion. These people not only are are, are part of the culture of death. It's not just death to the unborn child. Uh, it's also death to God's plan for the family, uh, that, that parents are the guardians and protectors of their children. That would take that away mm-hmm. in our Ohio Constitution. Parents would no longer have a right even to be consulted if their child said they wanted a gender transition or someone else even was promoting or coercing that with a child. So it's, it's, it's really so much more dangerous than it looks on paper. Mm-hmm. So we really need to pray for Ohio. Mm-hmm. Pray that God will, will really um, bring out <laughs> this recognition in Christians, in, in pro-life people, and even those who are undecided, to have a check in their spirit and say, what's all this about? I can't vote for this. We're really at a crucial point in, in Ohio's history and in the history of the nation. Because if it's passed here, they'll have a blueprint for continuing down all the states where they can put this in the state constitution. So, again, you're encouraging believers to vote how? They need to vote no. Mm -hmm. Vote no on issue one, because they're trying to say, we need this amendment. We need a right, unlimited right to abortion in our constitution. We're saying no. Mm-hmm. That is not something that's way too radical for any state. <laughs> it, would, it would mean that they couldn't have any limitations on abortion, even, in fact, in the case of, of abortions to save the life of the mother, let's say. Uh, right now in Ohio, two doctors have to confirm that an abortion would be necessary to save the life of the mother. Well, uh, according to this, only one doctor would be. And guess what? That would be the abortionist. So we're playing right into the hands of abortionists here and people who have no regard for human lives. So we need to vote no in Ohio and pray that God will 
really help people understand this. Uh, when they read this on the ballot, if they haven't been prepared, they go mm-hmm. in to vote and they don't even know this is going to be on, that they will see through this misleading language, that they will have a check in the spirit. And the, particularly the churches who are really trying to get out their, their congregations. Uh, we've gotten great support here from evangelical church networks, from the Catholic Church in Ohio. They've really been working hard to try to get mm-hmm. their people to understand this and mm-hmm. also to, to be active. Even now, okay. there's an opportunity to, uh, to volunteer mm-hmm. if you want to be uh, in phone banks calling likely voters or passing out mm-hmm. literature at the polling places. People okay. can still volunteer. Uh, Protect Women Ohio. Okay. Google Protect Women Ohio for ways to volunteer. Even now, God's right. calling people to get involved. Okay. All right. Well, thank you again so much, Sister Baker, for sharing. And again, we're encouraging every believer to get involved. Uh, and they, uh, please pray for God's will to be done mightily through this whole vote. And we're, uh, as Sister Peggy mentioned, they're encouraging people to vote no on this. Father, thank you again for the church. Stir the church to help be a part of the work of opening people's eyes to see through the deception and the wickedness behind those that are promoting this and help the church to do what you would have them to do to help defeat this tragic vote. In mm-hmm. Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as we, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today, and you've never invited Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior. Today is a great day, a wonderful day to be saved. If you'd like to make that step, would you from your heart simply pray this prayer with me to fully commit your heart and life to the Lord even now. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into the world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all the wrong things I've done. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to be in touch with you. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that'll help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Please email us by email joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Again, Sister Peggy, thank you so much for being with us again. And one more time, that uh, helpline, would you share that one more time for persons that want that information? Yes, it's optionline.org or 1-800-712-HELP, 712-4357. All right, Sister Peggy, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Pastor Joseph. And thank you for being a part of our listening family. Please pray much for the great work of Heartbeat International.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.